When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ever since I've started this podcast, people are always asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who you got? Lakers or Clippers? Rodgers or Mahomes? And I'll always tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for every single playoff game coming up in the NFL. We've got the NFC title game and the AFC title game on Sunday. Packers are hosting the Buccaneers, and the Bills are at the Chiefs. Going to be a really fun weekend of football, so make sure that you're betting with my bookie. You know me, and you know I don't give my stamp of approval very easily. You've got to earn it to be the best at what you do. Certainly not something Jim Boylan could ever say for himself. And my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. And Jim Boylan is not the best coach out there, far from it, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best, bet with my bookie. All right, Bulls fans, it's showtime. Fire it up. Let's go! The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome on into the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast here on the Hoop Ball Network. We are brought to you by Manscaped and MyBookie. Go check out both of our awesome sponsors. We thank them for their support of this show and every show on the Hoopball Network. I know it's been a little while since I've been with you. It's been almost a week. But I wanted to recap three games at once because, number one, I've been busy. And, number two, I wanted to recap three games at once to sort of compare and contrast where the Bulls are when they're at their best and where the Bulls are when they're at their worst. And I think that this three-game stretch really gives us a good illustration of the highs and the lows of what this team can really be. The Bulls lost to the Blazers on Saturday by a point. They lost at Dame time because Damian Lillard took over down the stretch and he did what he does. Then on Monday, the Bulls are able to beat the Knicks. They outlast them at home 110-102. to And then last night, They get down big against the Knicks, and then they're able to find a way to come back, 
get it to a reasonable margin, but they can't find a way to seal the deal, and thus they lose the game 107-103. So the Bulls at this point are now 8-12, and with a road back-to-back coming up against the Orlando Magic on Friday and Saturday. The Bulls right now are a team that is playing inconsistent basketball. We're seeing different performances from different guys from one game to the next. Other than Zach Levine, we're really not getting a whole lot of consistent performances from one night to the next. And that's okay with a young team. But you see the highest of highs and the lowest of lows with certain players, and you just wonder, why can't guys put it together from one night to the next and have similar performances? Well, that's what happens when you have a young team. Let's take, for instance, the Portland game. Zach Levine and Lowry Markkinen had phenomenal games. Levine scored 26 points on 9 of 12 shooting. He was 6 of 8 from beyond the arc, had 7 rebounds and 4 assists to go along with 2 steals. However, he was only a plus 6. Why? Because he turned the ball over 6 times. Lowry Markkinen scored 31 points. He was 12 of 18 from the field, 6 of 11 from beyond the arc. So two of your best offensive players accounted for 12 of your 21 three-point makes. That is extremely encouraging because you know how good they can be when they are at their best. However, there are performances that get you a little bit irked. Let's take, for instance, the Bulls bench that night. Otto Porter Jr. in 24 minutes is a minus 12. He scored seven points on two of nine shooting, three rebounds, three assists. The Bulls turned the ball over 15 times as a team, but from the bench, not a single player scored in double figures. In fact, three players for the Bulls scored over 20. Nobody else scored more than 11 of the players that were not Levine, Markkinen, and Kobe White. That was Patrick Williams, who scored 11 points on four of seven shooting. But again, when you're facing a team like the Blazers, you cannot let Damian Lillard take over the game, and Damian Lillard took over the game. He had 44 points on 15 of 26 shooting. He was 8 of 17 from beyond the arc. He had 9 assists. I remember in our preview episode with Danny Morang, he was saying that the Bulls could expose the Blazers inside. Well, look what happened with Enos Cantor. Cantor was a plus 17. He had 22 points on 9 of 13 shooting with 11 rebounds. That's not exactly exposing somebody inside. Robert Covington, despite scoring just nine points, was a plus 19 because he had four steals. Gary Trent Jr. also had four steals. The Bulls quite simply lost this game because, number one, their bench did not show up, and number two, Damian Lillard took over at the end of a game. The biggest issue for the Bulls is closing out games. Now, I know we haven't recapped both of the Knicks games yet, but at that point, The Portland loss was the Bulls' 11th loss of the year. Seven of Chicago's 11 losses have come by four points or less. That, to me, shows two things. Number one, it shows a team that's competitive every night, but number two, it shows a team that doesn't know how to finish. And they don't know how to finish because they're not consistent from night to night. Here's how that game ended in the final sequence of plays. The Bulls are up... 122-117, with 12 seconds left to go. Anthony Simons subs in for Enos Cantor, so the Blazers get a more offensive-oriented lineup on the floor. Damian Lillard makes a three-pointer with nine seconds left to make it a two-point game. Bulls inbound the ball. Gary Trent Jr. ties up Zach Levine, forcing a jump ball. Blazers win the jump. 
Trent passes to Lillard. Lillard fadeaway three. Buckets. Ball game. Time expires. That's what happens when you play the Blazers. You give them enough time and enough of an opportunity, Damian Lillard is going to make you pay. I know a lot of people say, well, there's no such thing as being clutch in sports. Bull crap. Being clutch is critical, especially in the NBA. And Damian Lillard is as clutch as anybody out there. And look, this fourth quarter was tight. The Bulls were down seven at the start of the fourth quarter, and they took the lead four minutes into the fourth quarter, thanks to a Tomas Sadoransky three-pointer. By the way, shout out Tomas Sadoransky. Welcome back, man. But when talking about this game, you can say this happened or that happened and Kobe White didn't play to his best and the bench didn't play to their best. The best player on the floor was Damian Lillard, and Damian Lillard took over the game. And unlike any other player in the NBA except maybe LeBron James or Steph Curry, and this is no slight against Kevin Durant or James Harden, nobody can will their team to victory the way that Damian Lillard can. He just has a unique way of putting the team on his back and refusing to lose. And that's what happened. And that's why he scored 44 points on 15 of 26 shooting. Not only did he score over 40, he was efficient in doing so. He scored over 40, shooting better than 50% from the field. The key stat, though, and this goes to the inexperience, is that the Bulls gave up 26 points off turnovers to just 12 for Portland. The Bulls turned the ball over 15 times. Portland turned it over eight times. So when you're a minus seven in the turnover column and a minus 14 in points off turnovers, which mathematically makes a lot of sense, seven more turnovers, 14 more points given up, it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. And by the way, another good staff from this game, Blazers had a 10-3 advantage in fast break points. Every little point makes a difference, and when you're turning the ball over, fast break points are a critical difference. Most of the stats in this game were pretty even except for the turnovers, and the Bulls were actually plus four in three-pointers made. They made 21 threes, and the Blazers made 17. It is very rare that you are going to lose games when you shoot 47% from three-point range and you make 21 three-point shots but that's what happens when you play Damian Lillard. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to recap the Knicks games. First, the Bulls win over the Knicks on Monday night, and then the Knicks win over the Bulls last night. We are going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back here on the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Support for Hoop Ball comes from Manscaped who offers the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Happy New Year from Manscaped, who offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is here to help you have clean balls for the new year. Ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Happy 2021. Spoiler alert, hairy nuts are still gross. Step into the new year with the tree standing taller and shave your boys. Manscaped is here to give you a New Year's resolution that you'll actually want to keep. The Perfect Package 3.0 is the -the below-the-waist grooming package you need to start off strong this new year. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year 
The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start the new year with a fresh set of testes thanks to Manscaped. Bring sexy back in 2021. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Welcome back to the HoopBall Chicago Bulls podcast here on the HoopBall Network. So on Monday night, the Bulls started the first of a back-to-back against their former coach, Tom Thibodeau, and his new team, the New York Knicks. Everybody was criticizing this hire, but look, I think that Tom Thibodeau is one of the best coaches in basketball. He may wear his starters out, but from an X's and O's perspective, there are very few as good as Tom Thibodeau. This Knicks team, despite being at this point 10-13, and 13, they're a lot better than they were. They're so much better off as a franchise than they were two years ago or even last year. Let's just admit it, Tom Thibodeau was a solid hire by the New York Knicks. And the Bulls, they were never really in command of this game, but they took command of the game in the fourth quarter. Lowry Markinen had another solid performance as he scored 30 points on 11 of 18 shooting, 6 of 12 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 steal. Now, he did turn the ball over 4 times, but he had a plus 16 rating. Kobe White, a solid night. 5 of 12 from the field, 13 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, and despite turning the ball over 4 times, he had a plus 13 rating. Zach Levine, another good offensive night, 21 points on 8 of 16 shooting, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 1 steal. Patrick Williams, he was okay. 10 points, 3 of 8 shooting in 28 minutes of work, 2 assists, and 1 rebound for him. Not the rebounding numbers that you'd like, but still, he's making progress. Daniel Gafford got the start again. He almost had himself a double-double. 12 points and 9 rebounds in 22 minutes, an efficient 6 of 8 from the field. He's playing better basketball, but the Bulls' bench was the story. Thad Young in 31 minutes had a plus 6, 13 points on 6 of 10 shooting with 8 rebounds and 8 assists. He almost had a triple-double off the bench. Thad Young continuing to prove why he's a valuable asset to the development of Patrick Williams, Daniel Gafford, Wendell Carter Jr., and Lowry Markkinen. Garrett Temple played solid off the bench, a plus 14, 6 points, 4 assists, he just flat out played solid basketball. That's what you want to see from him. Denzel Valentine only played three minutes in the game, which was a little bit surprising. Otto Porter Jr. only played 18 minutes. He got hurt. His back spasms are back. He was out last night against the Knicks, and he more than likely will not play on Friday night against the Magic. I am worried about Otto Porter Jr.'s ability to stay healthy for a full season. We are clearly seeing right now that he cannot stay healthy from week to week. This is going to be a concern moving forward. The one thing I will say is this. This is the last year that Otto Porter Jr. is going to be a Chicago Bull unless he signs a very team-friendly deal in the offseason. He is not coming back for $28 million a year. Neither team shot the ball well from three-point range, in particular the Knicks. They were 6 of 29 from beyond the arc. Bulls were 11 of 34. That's a 15-point difference in an eight-point game. So I look at that as one of the reasons why the Bulls were able to come out with a victory. 
Bulls had a 14-3 advantage in fast break points. Bulls also had 30 assists compared to New York's 21. And in terms of turnovers, each team had 12, so that wasn't necessarily a big difference. Bulls were 47% from the field. Knicks were 42% from the field. So the three-pointers, that makes the biggest difference because the Bulls made 15 shots from the free throw line. New York made 22. All of these little numbers make a difference from this split to that split, and you figure, well, what's the real difference in the game? And the biggest difference in this game is that the New York Knicks don't really have much outside game. They just don't. Their roster is built up of a lot of guys that are stretch threes, power forwards, and centers. Alfred Payton and R.J. Barrett is their starting backcourt. And R.J. Barrett, he's getting better, but he's not the same level as most guards his age. Nobody talks about R.J. Barrett in the same category that they talk about a lot of the other young guards in the NBA. In fact, he isn't even the best young guard on his own team. Emmanuel quickly is quickly becoming, no pun intended, one of the bright spots for this New York Knicks organization. He had 16 points in 30 minutes, 7 assists, and 6 rebounds. The rookie out of Kentucky is going to be a very solid player. People that I know that are Knicks fans, they absolutely love him. They think that he's got a lot of spark, he's got a great attitude, and he's playing a lot more than most Tom Thibodeau rookies would. See Jimmy Butler his rookie year, he hardly played at all. But I think the point of this discussion is that the Bulls have a superior backcourt, starters and bench, to the New York Knicks. And that's why they were able to come up with the win on Monday. However, last night the Bulls got dominated because they could not stop the Knicks on the interior. Julius Randle ate the Bulls' lunch. He scored 27 points on 11 of 20 shooting. He was also effective from beyond the arc. He was 5 of 7 from three-point range, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. Mitchell Robinson almost had himself a double-double. 8 points, 11 rebounds. He had 2 steals as well. Nerlens Noel, in 20 minutes off the bench, he had three blocks. When you look at the team stats in this ball game, the Bulls got down big. They were down by as many as 19 in the first half. The Knicks doubled up the Bulls in the first quarter, 34-17. You look at the points in the paint figure, the Bulls actually were a plus 12, but the Knicks found a way to stonewall the Bulls from beyond the arc. Chicago was a paltry 6 of 36 from three-point range. Six of 36 is, as that meme from Mad Men goes, not great, Bob. How are you? Not great, Bob. For as well as Lowry Markkinen played in the game against Portland and the first game against the Knicks, he was awful last night. Nine points, three of eight shooting, 0-4 from beyond the arc in 36 minutes. Not only was he not making shots, he wasn't getting shots. And the Bulls just could not buy a bucket from the outside. Zach Levine was 0 of 7 from 3. Kobe White, 2 of 8. Patrick Williams, 0 of 3. Garrett Temple, 1 of 5. Denzel Valentine off the bench had half of the Bulls' 3-point field goals. He was 3 of 7 for 13 points, 5 of 10 in total from the field. He had 2 steals, 3 assists, and 6 rebounds. Thad Young kept the Bulls in the game and willed them back to within striking distance in the fourth quarter. 19 points on 9 of 11 shooting, 5 steals in this game for him. 
Thad Young may be one of the most consistent players on this roster because he's going to shoot in the range from 50 to 65% from the field pretty much every single game. He's going to come up with at least five rebounds. He's scoring in double figures a lot of the time, and he's playing over 25 minutes a night. Thad Young could be in the starting lineup if Billy Donovan wanted him to take on that role, but Billy Donovan understands that Thad Young is not a part of the future. Thad Young is a developmental assistant to help guys like Lowry Markkinen, but in particular, Patrick Williams develop at their positions. He is there more to help Patrick Williams, Daniel Gafford, and Wendell Carter Jr. develop than he is to contribute to the team's success right now. He can be the reason why they win games, but he is not going to be the foundational piece of which the Bulls are trying to stake their future on. We obviously knew that, but that's why he's not starting. He's not starting because it doesn't do him much good to start. You want the guys that are going to be here for the long term to start, not the guys that are going to be gone after this year. That was the 20th game of the NBA season for the Chicago Bulls. They are 8-12. Eight of their 12 losses have come by four points or less. They could easily be 12-8. They could easily be 13-7. But here's the funny thing about the Bulls. One could argue, well, the Bulls are losing a lot of close games. They probably could have lost a lot of the close games that they won. However, of their eight wins, five of them have come by eight points or more. Their closest margin of victory is three. They won by three in their second game against Washington, and they won by three in their win at Portland. Every other win is by five points or more. And as we just said, five of them are by eight points or more. So the Bulls are not winning a ton of close games. In games decided by four points or less, the Bulls are two and eight. You improve that record to five and five, the Bulls would be 11 and nine right now. That's reasonable. I think it is reasonable to say that the Bulls would be 11 and nine if they had won three of those eight games that they lost by four points or less. There were definitely three wins in there. I think about the Sacramento game. I think about the Clipper game in L.A. I definitely think about the early Warrior game. And I think for sure the Blazers game that they lost. But are the Bulls in a position now where they can get back to 500? Let's look ahead at the schedule. The Bulls have two games on the road in Orlando. The Magic are 8-14, so they have a chance for some wins. Then they play Washington again. The Wizards are a disaster. They're 5-13. and They're playing some of the worst defensive basketball in the entire NBA. And then they've got a matchup with New Orleans, who may be one of the most disappointing teams in the Western Conference. They are 8-12. and So the Bulls definitely have an opportunity to pick up some wins in the next couple of days. Are you disappointed that you go 1-2 and on this latest homestand? Yes. Is it the end of the world? Absolutely not. But understand this. This team will start to win close games when they start playing more consistently as a whole. Larry Markinen showed that he can put up back-to-back nights of 30-plus points. But he also showed that after back-to-back 30-point games, he can come back and have a 3-of-8 performance when he only scores 9 points. Larry Markinen should never be limited to eight shot attempts in a game, especially when you're playing over 35 minutes. That's just my opinion, but it's probably the opinion of most basketball fans. 
That is going to be it for the Hoopball Chicago Bulls podcast here on Thursday, February 4th. 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, Go Bulls! This has been a Hoop Bull presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.